You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, November, November 12th. My name is Javier Reyes, of course, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. I'll do my very best to answer them, and maybe even answer them on the show, and be sure to go send uh, send me some stuff now because I will be doing a mailbag episode tomorrow. Uh, so people have sent in some questions uh, already, so you don't want to miss out on that for sure. And before we get into uh, part three of my conversation with Gabrielle to kind of uh, finish our thoughts on all the kind of MLB free agency stories, there was actually some news today. And no, it is not about the PlayStation 5 launching, which believe me, ladies and gentlemen, I am very excited to play as well as the Miles Browse game. You bet your butts that I'm going to be playing that like crazy tonight when I'm done with work and all that stuff. But um, uh, I got a, I saw a tweet from Kevin Acey that he reported from uh, Robert Murray. Let me just read the tweet to, to get into what I wanted to talk about, which is, The Padres and Mike Clevenger are discussing a two-year deal that would buy out his remaining arbitration years. Such a deal would typically cover at least a year free agency too, but these are different times. This would give both sides a degree of certainty. So this is obviously very interesting news because I think one of the things people are wondering is, you know, what exactly are the Padres going to do in free agency? How are they kind of looking at this? And I want to see what this deal looks like. It would be a two-year deal, but I, I don't. I think that if there's one thing I can gain from this, it's that they're definitely not too worried about his health. That this definitely kind of is more of a a solid proof, a solid little point to add towards uh, all the signs being that this injury that he had with the bone chips is very easily fixable, and that the Padres are willing to at least make a little bit of a uh, and more of an investment in him. I mean, they should be because he's really, really good uh, when he's healthy and all that. So I would, you know begrudge the Padres if they were going to regardless but I think that uh this is very good news even if it was to a degree a little bit expected I think that they were going to uh re-sign Clevenger to a degree unless something awful happened and thankfully it looks like we've avoided that I'm very curious to see how the starting rotation pans out see if the Padres go uh high or buy low on pitchers in the free agent market I know uh, I've seen some people being talking about Trevor Bauer and he just won the NL Cy Young last night so congratulations to him is he the guy that's going to the Padres I don't know I don't know anything I think it's hard to gauge where the team wants to go exactly right now at least anyway uh but with that all being said, guys, let's get into the chat with Gabrielle. Here we go. Do you think your team's going to be competitive again, like next year? Like, what is kind of the <laughs> just to, to quickly touch on this? Because after all, my listeners they're not going to necessarily care. It's an American League team, but still, just what's your kind of your your initial just outlook in terms of the Red Sox and for free agency? Because they've already made one big move with Alex Cora. But what do you think they're going to do in terms of potentially uh, improving their team and free agency? So it's interesting because this morning news came out on WEEI that the Red Sox have finally reached out to Jackie Bradley Jr., which is like, okay, cool. You should have done that six weeks ago, but all right. Um, and there's apparently like strong chances that he actually will return, which is great. Chaim Bloom said on that Zoom call that he really got like attached. Those were the words he used. He said, I got really attached to JBJ this year, mm -hmm. like as a person, you know, cause he's such an amazing person. And you know, this has been something that I 
have been thinking about a lot, obviously, because, you know, the Red Sox season ended like, you know, a month and a half ago almost, and I've just had nothing to do but wait and speculate. I made a list of the things that Chaim Bloom could do to have a really successful offseason and, you know, set the team up to be third place in the American League East next year, maybe even like if pretty much everything possible went their way maybe a wild card game team Mm -hmm. in 2021. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that are just out of their control right now. Like, you know, you're waiting on Chris Sale. You're waiting on Eduardo Rodriguez. That's two fifths of what should be one of the best rotations in baseball right there. You know, Nathan Evaldi has a hard time staying healthy. Even in this 60 game season, he was injured for like, he missed like at least two starts, which is, considerable in a 60 game season you know Martin Perez was the only pitcher in their starting rotation who was healthy enough to Mm. actually throw over 60 innings this year Mm. so you know waiting on sale and and Erod you know sale obviously it's a lot more of you know what to expect because it's Tommy John with Eduardo Rodriguez you know he has just been cleared last month to start walking slowly on a treadmill so you know there's no way to predict what we're going to get if anything from Eddie next year so I said, all right, so he needs to probably pick up Martin Perez's option and then also go out and sign one more starting pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. Then they declined Martin's option. They tried to get him to take a 56% pay cut, you know, his reward for being the only starting pitcher on the team to actually stay <laughs> healthy for the entire season was, um, would you like $3.5 million? And stuff? like, what the hell is that? Really? He made up less than 5% of your payroll this year. What are you doing here? What do you think you're going to get better? You know, John Lester is on the free agent market this winter. That would be kind of special for this team, kind of bring back some nostalgia, you know, some good feels that this team could desperately, desperately use, you know, but then apparently he's interested in signing with the Braves for $5 million. So, okay, then give Martin his money, bring him back. He's younger than Lester, who I love. And I would love to see him back in a Red Sox uniform because he shouldn't have been traded away in the first place. But my point being, if you're not going to get John Lester, Give me Martin Perez. But in addition, they need one more person. They need like a whole new bullpen. Uh, you know, they need a second baseman. Um, they need to figure out what they're going to do about JBJ or George Springer or Jaron Duran or who else. There's a lot of things that need to be done. But the thing with this team is it's not really a question of like, they're not complicated decisions. It's a matter of like, getting people like it's literally a body count situation of like you currently don't physically have enough pitchers on your team so go get pitchers you know it's Mm -hmm. not even about like are they good pitchers it's like you just need pitchers you know Mm -hmm. like you just you need a second baseman like you realize you have to have someone standing at second base during baseball games right this is where we're at I'm not even talking about like finesse I'm not even talking about skill I'm just talking about like physically the Red Sox currently don't have a functioning baseball team and that's Chaim Bloom's job this winter. And yeah, he can go and try and be clever about it and, you know, find some good people and, you know, bring back Mitch Moreland. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the biggest thing is like, you just need to go and get people. You need people. <laughs> and that's what scares me is like, literally, this will be the third winter in a row that they've needed some form of pitching. And I, I'm just like, so nervous that they're just not going to get people and then they're going to do what they did the last two seasons, which is like Mm -hmm. inevitably call up 35 randos from triple a and double a and be like, so starting today in his major league debut, this guy with a 17 ERA from double (laughs) a. 
The Red Sox aren't playing like the Red Sox. Because it's, it's like there's there's definitely teams. Yeah, it's, it, that's right. It's that's too bad you're for bringing these guys up when they're not ready, and then they wet the bed, and then you blame them, even though it's you who haven't finished developing them yet, and you call them up too early, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you send them back down, and you remember them as the guy who gave up 85 runs to the Orioles in one inning, and it's like, well, yeah, but why was he here in the first place? Oh, because you didn't get real big boy pitchers. Yeah. And even if it's not even like, you know, super good pitchers, it's just like, get guys who can eat up innings, get a, go get a, uh, which is Martin Perez Perez. out there for five innings. Yeah. He can like go out there at least be like a major league pitcher. I mean, there's plenty of those guys you can just find out there, even if you're not going to be competitive. And I think the biggest way to kind of summarize your team, at least from my perspective, is just like, this isn't all right. Yeah. They're rebuilding, but the Boston Red Sox should not be rebuilding the way other teams that have a budget of like, three dollars are rebuilding this isn't like a team that needs to start being like oh we're penny pension man it's like no the boston sports group is insanely rich and yeah even if you sign mookie betts is that gonna save your team forever (laughs) yeah like were you gonna you know save your season if mookie betts was on this team for this year no but like that's a generational talent that's who you rebuild for you know i mean it's not like mookie betts was 36 years old like it's like no no, he's like it's like if if i'm not mistaken he's 26 traded mike trout instead of building a team around mike trout they were just like well um we have this guy but we don't have anything else yeah okay don't get me wrong the angels haven't done it well but you get rid of everybody else yeah you Don't get me wrong. The Angels didn't rebuild perfectly around him, but you still take that when you have a generational talent every time. And it's just very – it's really – it can't be stressed enough how much this team literally won the World Series like two years ago. Literally, literally two, two years ago last week. Like Two years ago last week, and all of a sudden week. it's like, yeah, sorry, we got to – you know, this isn't the Kansas City Royals. You know, this isn't – this is a team that has some some talent, and it's got some I – mean, you still got Devers. You still got Bogarts. You still got – Theoretically, I guess Chris Sale next year. Eduardo Rodriguez, obviously, we're uh, hoping for the best for him. But just in general, there are there is stuff here. And the Eduardo Rodriguez thing happened before. Like you know, what I mean, like I'm not I'm talking about pre-COVID. Like this was like, yeah, like you have this guy and you have the. It's not like this team is totally bankrupt that they can't at least kind of compete on no. a level. But unfortunately, right now that's where the Red Sox are. This team is acting like the 2018 Orioles when they still have many vestiges of the 2018 Red Sox. That's what's so Mm -hmm. crazy to me is like you went into full rebuild mode for like no apparent reason. And yeah. Okay. So I think now that Steve Cohen is going to be the majority owner of the Mets, the Red Sox will be the fourth richest ownership group in pro sports because Steve Cohen's valued at like $14 billion, but okay, cool. So you're still the fourth richest ownership group in all of pro sports, not baseball. Mm -hmm all of pro sports, your ownership groups valued at $6.7 billion. Like, first of all, don't tell me you can't pay minor leaguers. We all know you're lying. Second of all, you could afford it. You could have afforded Mookie Betts. You could definitely afford Martin Perez. You could afford anything that you pretty much want. It's about what you want to do, how much you want to spend. And the answer is you don't want to do much and you don't want to spend anything. And that's fine, but don't lie to us about it because Red Mm -hmm. Sox fans might be crazy. We are, but the thing that we're not is dumb. You know why? Because we love this team so much that we are dialed in yeah, they're definitely more passionate. than like almost any other fan base in any sport. Red Sox fans are rabid for news. The metaphor I always use is like, it's don't, don't piss on my head and t- try to tell me it's raining. Like, it's just about how you conduct business. You know, if you don't want to spend money on Mookie Betts, 
then tell us you don't want to spend money on Mookie Betts. But like, could you have afforded Mookie Betts? Yes, you could have. You could afford to do anything you want. If you wanted to make Fenway Park a floating baseball stadium in the sky with fireworks every single day, you could. You don't want to. Whatever. Fine. But don't pretend that you're the Rays when you're the Red Sox. Mm. Absolutely. That's a great that's a great way to kind of uh put a cap on it, I guess. You know, I'm sorry, Gabrielle, <laughs> that your team is uh losers, but uh my team is certainly <laughs> not. But it was still fun talking to you because I think that, you know, one, it's just the off season guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, we still, don't start hating. Yeah, it's just like we gotta talk about some stuff. And this really is a big storyline. It really is a big thing where we have we talked about turnover and all this stuff and new managing and just it's it's baseball is so weird, you know, and, and all my friends who try to get into baseball these are good examples of like what we're talking about when uh, we say baseball has a lot of like kind of barriers to entry, you know, which is seeing just weird things that kind of uh, develop in it. And, and for a variety of reasons, whether it be teams being like, Oh, we don't want to spend money on a board or it be like, Hey, yeah, let's bring back cheaters and not suspend players for this and that. And all of a sudden we have to rely on like mob justice from jo- Joe Kelly to get any type of revenge on the Astros. <laughs> right? Like it's just ridiculous. And I don't like Joe Kelly. So it's just very, that's where the sport is right now. I'm hoping that it's more of the Tatis sport. I'm hoping that that's the direction we go. Just pure joy everywhere. I don't know what the heck my team is going to do in free agency. Uh, I, I imagine they're looking for a pitcher too. But uh, regardless, Gabrielle, as always, uh, really fun chatting with you. It's fun just of having course. our little – it's like a summit meeting. It feels like we have to – it's like we're required by locked-on constitutional law. Just at least talk about something like every two months, whether it be a movie or why the Red Sox are falling apart, why the Padres are doing great. Uh, it's always fun. And, uh, you know, it's it's always uh, funny having you on the podcast. And even even while I am low key, just really wanted to go watch football right now, I have to admit, I'm not going to lie. I am in a, a, a demented fool in my own way. Uh, but still, <laughs> uh, I seriously mean it's always have, uh, fun having you on. You too, pal. You too. My last <laughs> question for you. Oh, you got a question for me. Question. Okay, go. Oh, go. yeah, of course. <laughs> last question for you. No Mitch Moreland? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I talked about You get the greatest day, yeah. man in the history of baseball and you just don't keep him? What the heck is that? Well, I mean, in fairness, he was pretty bad when he was on the Padres. And I think that what I've been reading is it seems more that the some teams in the, I mean, the NL, obviously, they're just a little bit unsure of the NL, right, the, the DH. Like, yeah, the DH rule, so they don't want to necessarily uh, put money into that. Even though I, I was still a tad surprised, just because the three million option isn't too much, so it just kind of made sense. But I think that part of it was uh, the DH thing, and also because he really wasn't very good when he was on the Padres. He was one of their worst hitters uh, when he got traded to the team, so uh, they definitely weren't as more motivated to take that shot on him. Maybe even if the rule does change, then I think that uh, they would have been if he had just played essentially just the same way as he had for the Red Sox at the beginning of the season. Well, you know what? Your loss is our <laughs> immense gain. Mitch Moreland or die. That's your take. <laughs> hey, you know what? That man brings leadership and consistency to teams that you often do not see. And that is, you can't buy that. You know, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't make that when it doesn't exist. Like Mitch Moreland has what you only get from being a staple of the game for a really long time. And it's, yep. it's important. It's, it's underrated and important. Anyway, this has been a blast. <laughs> this has been a blast. It's been a long one. And zip, zap, zaddy, dee, doo, da. That is it 
for my discussion with Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox. Like I said many, many times before, every time she's on the pod, always, of course, go follow her on Twitter and stuff. I will link it in the description below. Check out her work. She does really great stuff, especially at her website, Girl at the Game. I read her articles every now and then myself, and they're very good and very personal. And I like personal sports writing, too. Really big fan of it. Every every now and then you need a little bit of difference between the mumbo jumbo numbers and all that. You know what I mean? Especially in baseball because we're so consumer, so infatuated with numbers in baseball. But anyway, um, be sure to send me uh, questions for tomorrow's mailbag, guys. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. At least I hope it's going to be a lot of fun. I really think it'll be. So hopefully uh, uh, that goes well. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast for your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, you know, whatever, whatever. I just, just Google, just Google, just Google whatever app you're using. And I'm, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that it's going to show up in that feed for you. Remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno. Send me some five-star reviews if you'd like on the iTunes or Apple Podcasts app. Whatever you want to do, that would be greatly appreciated. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.